Um... And we're live. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, Jess, to the uh, the Love VW podcast. Hi. <laughs> I've not done anything like this before ever. I usually stick to random treats, whatever yeah. I'm feeling at the moment in the middle of a pay-per-view. So um Yeah. No, but I mean well thanks for sharing that. And um I don't really do this sort of thing uh except this summer I just decided randomly to run a podcast and see how it went and <laughs> here here I am talking to you uh, we've never met we got hooked up by uh, at UTT Rob so thanks to at tip to Rob for hooking us up and um, I'm I'm sat in my what used to be my kids bunk bed with my kid to my kids colouring Megatron and Bluey in the corner um, the gotta be um, say that again sorry They've got to be colouring in Bumblebee or Optimus. Bumblebee, it's um well my, my son's quite fond of the Decepticons actually. I think it's um I think it's Megatron. Meg Megatron he's, he's whispering to me. Megatron and Starscream he's got. Oh, so. yeah, that's fine. It's uh it's my my influence because I think um oh and Bingo from Bluey. Well sorry, I'm now being told the whole shebang, you see. <laughs> Bluey from Bingo. I don't know if Jess knows what Bluey is. I don't know Bluey. Bluey's um, an Australian family who happen to be dogs. And no. Bluey's eldest daughter. But I know Blippy. Who's Blippy? I got told Blippy by my goddaughter. He's like this <laughs> And he goes and does like big art projects or like eats like 10 donuts, but he teaches oh, wow. on YouTube. I'd, I, yeah. Blippy. Oh, I need to look him up. That sounds very good. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to the Love AW podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And, um, it's a historic moment, Jess, because uh, you're probably the last person that's going to be on this podcast. Um, and the reason for that was I always thought I wanted to capture um, AEW's like, transition from being kind of like a startup to kind of a bit of a mainstream wrestling company. And, and it's funny, like since the last one that I did, Daniel Bryanson's joined, um, Adam Cole's joined, it's like been this like big sort of like explosion of people that have signed and so it feels like the right it feels like the right time to be rounding off. So um so yeah, um thanks so much. And I, I guess I'll just start off by asking, like, where are you you sound like you're from the UK? Like are you okay sharing where where you are? Um, originally from Peterborough, so the east of England. Yeah. Um I currently reside in Stoke and have done for the last uh, ten years. Um so yeah, it's 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 great to travel to when you've got like WWE live events in Manchester, but other yeah. than that, you're stoked. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so maybe I'll just like start off by asking you about um how you found out about EW. Um, like were you one of these people that were in right from the get go and the the famous like uh well, you know Tokyo Dome announcement or was it later on? It was, um, I listened to the Wrestling Inc. podcast quite a bit. Mm. Um, so I'm tuned, so I'd like to say I'm tuned in with Wrestling News. 
and there was rumours around Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. There was all these rumours, and then Chris Jericho added in. And then there was rumours that it was going to be on ITV, and that was really exciting because mm. as an English wrestling fan, it is terrible sometimes trying to lip sync up or try to get anything through TV. So WWE Network has, you know, just been, you know, quite a blessing to be honest. Yeah. But even with like pay-per-views and the time zones, I'm sure you're well aware of staying up. Um, oh God, yeah. Most recently <laughs> staying up till stupid o'clock to watch the return of CM Punk, even though it wasn't a hundred percent confirmed. Oh yeah. And um, kind of had somewhere to be, so kind of had to leave the house for like 7 a.m. the next day as well. Oh, gosh, really? Wow. So, no, it was just those rumours, and then obviously it happened and it kicked off, so I always knew it was going to happen. It was was just a case of when. Um, And it was kind of exciting that WWE was going to get some sort of competition. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that TNA and Impact or New Japan aren't competition, but there's nothing in that scale. So if WWE has a bad pay-per-view, there's nothing, there's no repercussions for that. Yeah. You have that fan base. So I was yeah. kind of, I just love pro wrestling. So mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that this would bring out the best in each other. Yeah. And what's your... What's your feeling on that so far then? That's a really, really interesting point. I, I don't think Vince is pushing. I don't think he's responding to it as well as he could be. Yeah. It feels like he's kind of in a denial stage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was nice bringing Brock Lesnar back, don't get me wrong. You know, that yeah. was great for SummerSlam. Um, yeah. But I just don't think he's doing these knee-jerk reactions mm. as well as he should be. Um, and I don't think is I at this moment in time I don't see him being able to pinch anybody off AEW. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I, it's nice that I think Roman Reigns has had a fantastic twenty twenty mm. going into twenty twenty one. Really, yes, really yeah. impressed by that storyline. But yeah. I just don't think he's putting any anything real up against it. And I think he's kind of missed the mark mm-hmm. a little bit. He had perfect opportunities to do it. Mm. Um, and I also think as well, something that bugs me about AEW is they are doing better now, but they haven't mm. properly secured the women's division yeah. at all. Yeah, um, yeah. They haven't even started up a women's tag team division, which baffles mm-hmm. me because, you know, AEW is like king of tag teams. That's right. And I think there's a lot more that could have been done with their women's uh, with their women's division. And it's nice yeah. that Soho's on board and we kind of do have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker now. But I don't, when you look at something like the NXT roster, I, yeah. d- I think it's miles out. Yeah, um, yeah. I, to- I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And for the last couple of months, Britt Baker has literally been carrying that division. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think if you were WWE, you would properly make a point of selling your woman's division. You mm. would properly do it as we are the company that has a woman's tag team division. And you mm-hmm. would properly hammer in. Uh, if it was me personally, you've got the yeah. third hour on Raw. 
um, yep. I would say, right, we're going to do that as a woman's hour. Yep. Just mix yes. it up a bit and make make um, AEW aware that you do have a better women's division than them because yeah. you did. And yeah. that, you know, that's it's, like a, it's like a clear strength, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember... Like, um, like AEW really is what got me back into wrestling after like 20 years of not watching it. And um, But as a result of that, I started watching WWE, like yeah. pay-per-views again with my buddies who'd been watching like continuously throughout 20 years that I'd been out. And uh, I watched, uh, what was the first pay-per-view I watched? Was it 2019 WrestleMania or something? Some, I think it was 2019 WrestleMania. And um, I was watching the women's matches and going... This is amazing, like you know, and and what I think one of the reasons I, I was like this is amazing is just because like the, the women's division in the EW was just so it was really not very good like at the start you know it was like really quite um a bit of an afterthought and I kind of agree with you it sort of still is like if you look at where I mean I know they just had that like um a rampage like main event and stuff like that but um I still feel. In terms of like storylines, I think it's very instructive when you see how much time's given to storylines. I think that's the test, doesn't it? Like yes. how yeah. seriously a division's taken. Like, um, and I think they've got a bit to go there um, before they can even claim to be competing with. Like WWE's like last five years or so have been pretty amazing from what I've seen. Yeah, and it's like they did have that um, double or nothing. Um, women's Royal, basically a Royal Rumble. I don't yeah. know the EW name. But again, yeah. because you were saving your bigger stars for later on in the show, it only really made the debut of Ruby Soho. It, That's right. And I'm going to be honest, you know, I've been watching AEW since the start, but I couldn't name those 30 women. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess I'm more casual fan. I mean, I I guess I'm the opposite of like I've watched like everything like obsessively since the beginning, like watched all like being the elite and all that. So I'm totally steeped in it, like I know every single person. But no, I can totally understand how um like if you're coming to it like without that background, like a lot like, of the people in it are a bit forgettable, you know. Sorry, my cat's just playing about in the corner. I've got <laughs> on cat watch. Um and I think as well, there's not enough like partnerships. Like I, Chris Statlander only really got into my radar because I'm a real big fan of Orange Cassidy yeah. and obviously yeah. his partners with, you know, yeah. Orange Cassidy. So That's now right. Chris Statlander just came on my radar mm. and obviously, you know, Brandy Rhodes and, you know, Britt yeah. Baker with Adam Cole. And I don't mm -hmm. think with the rest of the women, like you, they either are with people on AEW or other wrestling partners, or you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. think, and I think as well with WWE, I know they are doing the Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes show, which looks amazing. But obviously you had this whole tenure of Total Divas with WWE yep. that really had the women outside yeah. of the rest of the environment to get to get out of. Yeah. And I really think that's the kind of thing that WWE should have been pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, they... it's, it's, a, it's a really good point, isn't it? Because it's a total like unique selling point for WWE. Like like they have this kind of especially I think it was so I again because I was away from wrestling the whole like women's revolution thing, I didn't wasn't even aware it was happening until I got back into wrestling. But it seems like from other people like um, 
that you, like you say, NXT takeovers and things, and then there was a there was a pay per view where they ran. It was like an all women event. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a really big deal. And they haven't exactly. done another one. And what was really sad about that is it went the card was amazing and people still talk about it, and yeah. nothing came from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really think you know. There's two ways. I mean, AEW, I've always said that they haven't been great on signing women's stars as they have men's stars. And yep. I'm always worried that there's going to be no more room for any more men. Yeah. Yeah. Male yeah, yeah. stars. And I really do think now they need to look at uh, what they're going to do with the women's. Yep. Uh, just bringing up evolution because that had a great card. So you had yeah. that's so you had Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai. Yeah. You had Chris Stratus and Lita versus Mickey James and Alexa Fox. Oh wow. Who's Fox? Um you had Nia Jackson and Ember Moon. And I mean this was about three or four years ago now. Yeah. And yeah. you see the names like Tony Storm and Aya Shirai. And Aya Shirai has got on to do really, really big things. Yeah. Again, Shayna Baszler was one of the main events on the card as well. Yeah. You just, yeah, it's elevated the main stars and they've gone on, but I really think they could have done that as a yearly staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's inter- It's really interesting the point you made. I am. Um, we're going a bit of a tangent here, but I think it's a really interesting one. Uh, I don't know if you caught the recent NWA women's show, em- no. Empower. Did you see that? No. no. Um, so, I mean, it's NWA, so obviously it's not, you know, a big deal that's probably why you've not heard of it but it was basically mickey james like running it just after her release from I WWE. Did hear she was running it. That's the yeah name. that's right empower i mean i bought it um that's thing that's the first non-ew pay-per-view i've actually purchased ever because i was always like you know using buddies like um wwe network sub and stuff like that and but i thought i'm gonna give this a try this looks really good and also because it had a couple of EW wrestlers on it who I really liked. had Leela Hirsch on it. had, um, who else did it have? Oh, I'm sorry. I think Leela Hirsch was the only one. It had uh, Diona Perazzo on it, you know, from Impact as well. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. Like, so I was watching it and I was I was watching it. My wife was in the room with me and she's not a wrestling fan at all, you know. And I was saying to her, like, that, look, this is like, you know, progressive wrestling in 2021, this all-women event. And she was like, how come there's like two men commentating on it? And I was like, huh, yeah, good point, actually. Um, and actually, it made it really made me think, because I think wrestling has its own bubble as well, isn't it? About it, like with the status of women within wrestling and stuff like that. They've only just brought on, I've just mentioned a name. Who goes out with Edge? Uh, Beth, Beth Phoenix, Phoenix right. has only just started commentating on NXT. Yeah. And that's great. And I do I do commend AUW for featuring a really strong um women's referee, Jessica Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she is great. But yeah, like you say, it is weird. And yeah, I just think that's the direction I would have gone if I was Vince. I would have properly been pushing what the competition doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I mean, who knows? Like, we could, maybe if we have this conversation again in a year, maybe that's where the the big strategic battleground will have moved to who's got the best women's <laughs> division. But I think you're right. Um, 
yeah, it's a really, really good point, actually. I'd never, hadn't thought about that. Um, and uh, yeah, cool way to kick things off. So, so thanks very much for sharing your thoughts on that, uh, Jess. That was super, super interesting. Um, so uh, it's kind of like obvious from the early chat that you're, you know, you're sort of probably a bit more of a casual AEW fan than a few others that I've interviewed. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, um, I'm, that's totally cool. And, and part of it, what I'm trying to capture is like the broad sweep of like views on it. Um, part of it is there's not enough time. So yeah, what, yeah. Is, what one of my, like I love AEW as a product and I think it's brought us some yeah. great matches and everything. But part of my problem at the start was the amount of time. Yeah. So when I was just watching on a Wednesday, some of the stuff had happened on Dark or some of the stuff had yeah. happened on in the Elite and some of the stuff had happened on YouTube. But yeah. rather than do a little snippet or rather than do like a little catch up, you got nothing. Yeah. So I kind of felt alienated. But I yes. mean, watch War, Smackdown, Dynamite, now Rampage, plus being in the Elite, plus Dark, <laughs> plus yeah. whatever YouTube snippet. And time. time. I know. It's, just not um it's just not practical okay. uh, so i so i do catch the odd episode of being the elite yeah. but in terms of dark and yeah. in terms of the other stuff I, you know it's it's just a matter of time so yeah. it's so yeah that was one of the problems and i also found that they had quite a lot of factions as well without actually explaining who was in the faction yeah so yeah. it's like I only know the factory because Aaron Solo's in there, but I only know him because he used to be Bailey's fiance. But I have no idea who the factory would be. And yeah. it's like it's like it's okay if you've got a faction, like fact like the inner circle, great yeah. faction. The elite, yeah. great faction. But I yeah. think they didn't give enough time to properly explain who each person was. And yep. I think when you do the big pay-per-views or when you do your big tag team matches, um, I still, to this day, only know two or three people out of each one. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that, that's just a criticism. But yeah, casual fan, just for the reasons that I've mentioned. Yeah. You, you yeah. Could I mean, even, even, even for me, as like a total like, core fan. Like, I don't watch Dark anymore. Like how how does people have room in their lives to watch everything? Um, I still watch Being the Elite most weeks just because I'm quite thick to it and it's quite short. Um, but Dark, I did watch like every Dark at the start just because I was so into it. I just like don't know how people fit in. And um, you know, like, there was a two-hour rampage just over the weekend yeah. at the time of recording. Yeah, I like I, I really really struggled to fit the two hours in like on the Saturday, like just because I had other stuff on. So. No, I think you're quite right, and um, like there's only so many hours in the day. Um, but and again, I think that's a really, really interesting point as we're kind of making this transition from we've signed all these big stars now. Like it's kind of incumbent on them to find the next way to grow it. So I think your comments are really like pertinent actually for this moment in time. Um, so like I guess it'd be a good time to ask about as a as somebody probably who's more of a WWE fan then. What do you think it is about EW that sort of sets it apart? Like, what, what do you think is the kind of thing that keeps you coming back to it? I definitely think, like, the creativity um, mm. with AEW um, and definitely the characters. Like, I love Jungle Boy. Like, as soon as yeah. you change the theme, it's now my alarm tone theme. It's a great <laughs> theme if you need to wake up in the morning. And I strongly recommend it. 
um, <laughs> I just, he's really won me over in the last yeah. couple of months as like a proper character with Luchasaurus. Mm. And at first it was kind of a bit, they literally are doing Jurassic Park. But yeah. it works and it's just grown on me because yeah. they've properly gone out there. Like they've properly made it. And it's like Orange Cassidy as well. They, they properly stick to characters and they properly mm. go up to 100% mm-hmm. of the actual characters and the gimmicks. And mm. not a lot has changed with them since day one. Where with WWE, like Drew McIntyre, as you'll know, Scottish. Scotland, yeah. yeah, done the whole Braveheart thing, but he's now got to a point where, unless you're going to be stabbing people with the sword, <laughs> what's he going to do? Do you yeah. know what I mean? You can't just bring a sword. So, I think one thing that sets EW apart is the creativity and mm. um, and the gimmicks, and also as well, just the bringing wrestlers from everywhere. So like New Japan, Impact, kind of, and having that relationship. So people like John Moxley, they can go yeah. wrestle for other places. Mm. And I think one of my problems with WWE on an ethical standpoint is how they try to get, like recently, um, I don't think it was Sarah Logan, but somebody recently tried to get her name back. It was a woman, Chelsea Green. Oh, and it was like WWE had tried to copyright her name. <laughs> like, My birth name is Chelsea Green. That's her actual name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think from an ethical point of view, like yeah. WWE, it, they just tried to take so much and try to yeah. copyright so much. Yeah. And they, they're really limited on where you can go as a wrestler. Like I remember there was a WrestleCon like there was a wrestling convention at the same time as Access or, and yeah. they allow like WWE stars to sign for both ones or they uh, have to sign at a WWE event. And I just yeah. think really restricting. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. almost cultish. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you can't sign here or you can't have control over your Twitter account. Yeah. And I just don't think you have those remarks from AEW. Yeah. That people yeah. are like like the Twitch debacle. I don't know if you was aware. That is the Adam Cole thing. Yeah, they were telling people like Adam Cole. Well, Xavier Woods up up down down is different because WWE kind of like have put enough money into it and like Oh, is that is that like a WWE sponsored thing yeah, that that's popped down down? Thing now. Oh I see, I didn't realise that. I think it is anyway. I know he's allowed yeah. to do it. I know they have control over like merchandising or something. Yeah. Googled it, but I didn't. No, think no, no. Um, but it was like Paige as well. Yeah. And I just thought uh, it was like Charlotte Flair when she was doing the cameos. It was like you can't have, you can't do that. Like I know they own <laughs> the character and the name. Yeah. Did you did you ever see any of the Undertaker cameos that he did though? They were funny. no. Like no, people no. paid three hundred dollars for like the Undertaker to say happy birthday to them, and some of them were priceless. <laughs> I'll need to look some of those up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Let's be honest. So I think that is something that does set WWE apart from AEW that you hmm. can that they don't they don't keep their stars in boxes. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I wonder what you think about. Um, do you think that's just because they've had like forty years to morph into a massive corporation, or do you think that's just because of Vince McMahon? I think it is the Vince McMahon because there's always time mm. to if you've been running a corporation for 40 years. And obviously <laughs> when WWE first started, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was no Cameo or anything like that. So I just don't think they've moved yeah. anywhere as anywhere as much as you see AEW moving in, utilising mm-hmm. YouTube yeah. um, to its potential, really. Yeah, yeah. You're right, it's, a, it's kind of like a, I can see why they're doing it. Like, cause I see, I work with big corporates all the time, and they're all obsessed with controlling their brand and controlling their image. But also, it'll be their undoing because you can't. Eventually, somebody's going to do it better than you, because you know. <laughs> if I was an exec at WWE, the more people are getting to know the stars, and the more yeah. people hear about the stars. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, look at John Cena, like. You don't even know whether you know John Cena or The Rock from WWE anymore. I don't yeah. think they let anybody transcend above that level anymore. Yep. And I don't yep. see the harm in mm. letting your stars go out and do everything mm-hmm. and then follow them on Twitch, follow them on Discord. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with having them constantly yeah. in your head. Because, I mean, the only person I would argue now that people really know is Roman Reigns. Like, if you ask somebody that knew nothing about wrestling, they know yeah. who the one is. But I think the yeah. closest person you're going to get now is probably Roman Reigns. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, that's a really, really good point about, um, like, social media. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, what's in my head now is... Um, I don't know if you saw it, but like Adam Cole was on a Twitch stream when he found out that um, what's his name from Breezango? Um, yeah, Breezango. Um, what's his? He runs the school with um, with the guy from the Pinnacle. I can't remember his name now. Sean Spears. Yes, Sean Spears. You you know who I'm talking about, don't you? I know. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, he found out like on a Twitch stream that he'd been released. Yes. And there was yeah. like a video capture of it and he was like looking at his phone like what the you know, like what just happened here? Um so yeah, <laughs> for some reason that's just my head when I think about Twitch. And I also like they didn't really integrate stuff as well. So like they had these mixed tag team challenges and they also had like an up, up, down, down like computer game thing. Yeah. And I don't think they integrated them as well as they could. Like, I don't think they're like, I don't think they advertise enough that you can yeah. be with these stars on the internet 24 yep. 7 if you wish. Yeah. And I think now with all the technology, I think that should be a major. It's like a missed point. opportunity. Are you, have you got a marketing background or something? You sound like well on top of this stuff. No, no. I, I work as a data analyst, I work with spreadsheets. Oh really? Oh, okay, that's really interesting. That's not that's not a million miles away from what I do. But yeah, I think they need some of your business acumen here, Jess. Like sort of things out over there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, this is what I mean. I I feel like a screaming to avoid sometimes when I'm watching the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's been my only outlet. But even then, like I just think people probably like unfollow me. <laughs> when, when they know a pay-per-views and they're like oh she's at it again 
I think I think most people are on Twitch to uh, are on Twitter to to vent in some way. Like I know I know I am. It's like my safe space to go and complain about stuff. You know. Well, yes, and if you're moaning about Dave Meltzer, it's not a safe space because. <laughs> I, I tweeted something that wasn't popular with Dave fans and I must have, like, my at replies just, like, messed up. Oh, like, really? Did they come back? Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, Dave isn't the be-all and end-all of, like, wrestling <laughs> chatter. Yeah. Everyone has their favourites, don't they? Uh, yeah. That doesn't sound like a very pleasant experience. But, um, yeah, let's... Uh, I think you, you've hinted it's the, the answer to this question that I'm going to ask you next. Because I'm going to ask you about your favourite EW star and match. So I think I know who your favourite star is based on stuff you said earlier, but I wouldn't second guess you. I'll like, let you say it in your own one. I like a couple of people. I think it's hard to pinpoint it on one. I love the Young Bucks. I, mm. ju- I just think they're really pleasant and mm. they they make me smile. Yeah. And they remind me of a Breezango type yeah. thing. I never had any problems with Breezango, and this is what I was coming back to. I would have properly maxed out Breezango, like mm-hmm. dial it up to eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah. Because they were great characters. Mm-hmm. Like the fashion police segments will always stick in my head. <laughs> and it's like when you've in the Being the Elite episodes where the young books are um, hosting a. Um, hosting an intervention on Kenny Omega not got Nikes. But then <laughs> more of that in pro wrestling because that stuff is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I like really Orange cool. Cassidy. Um, I just just think it's hilarious, especially in yeah. the Mimosa match. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And I also do like Hangman Adam Page because yeah. um, one of my favourite matches is the Stadium Stampede. I think oh. I- watched that match about three or four times now and just him arriving on a horse (laughs) and that's what that more wrestling should be like that in my opinion and it's him at the bar just having a show oh my god or having a I just it was just so out there that the, the the ceiling literally came well there was no ceiling it was stadium but there was just the stadium stampede match it had comedy elements it had proper athletic elements yeah i just don't think we've seen anything like it yeah Uh, and again by WWE standards you know you've got this cinematic matches with the undertaker and the fiend but you know they should be elevated in their own right i don't think there's anything that I don't think there's been any other wrestling company to do something like the Stadium Stampede. And I think yeah. congrats on AEW for actually utilising the fact that they do have access to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, during the pandemic as well, the fact that it's op- an open-air amphitheatre, like, obviously, that's... I mean, you could argue they got lucky with that, but, but they used it really, really well. Um, Stadium Stampede's like one of my not only my favorite like wrestling matches of all time, just like one of my favorite things that brings me joy. Like and uh, see that scene you're talking about with Hagar and Hangman in the bar. I like I just love that moment like just before they start fighting. And, and he goes like that, are you here to drink or are you here to fight? Yeah. And it's it's just Genius. it's just something that you can relate to as well. Yeah, just yeah, absolutely. 
are, you know. I'm not saying everybody goes out to fight, but I'm just saying it's <laughs> maybe maybe stoked. Is that like stoke on a Saturday night? Yeah. <laughs> and congrats on Matt Hardy as well for pulling off drowning and yeah. being re reincarnated as a different Matt Hardy. <laughs> that that was just something special. Um yeah. But my my other favorite match of all time had to be the Cody versus Justin Justin one. Oh um, God, yeah. I think that was double or nothing. I think that it's was the very first, first double or nothing. Right. And they had wanted to do something like that in WWE for absolutely ages, and for whatever reason, like they didn't think it was a good idea. And mm. when I watched that match, you know, it was brother to brother. And you actually know that they're brothers because this is something mm. that always is hilarious in pro wrestling. Like, there's always the meme of the Kane not being The Undertaker's actual brother. And here <laughs> you've got two actual brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, that match, uh, it just had everything. It had the technical, it had blood. It, it was a spectacle. It really was. And just see them at the end hugging each other. And it led nicely into when they like teamed up. It was like, mm -hmm. I can't do this without my brother. That is one That's of right. the best wrestling moments ever. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very special moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very special moment. So that is probably my favorite AEW match. Yeah. Oh, that's a great choice. Absolutely great choice. Um, so, uh, where are we? So yeah, we did. You've just told me about your favorite AEW match at the star. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to, one of the other reasons I wanted to do this was um, just because 2020 has been such a weird year, and like the pandemic experience has been such an odd. Uh, different people have had different experiences of it. For some people, it's been you know there's been some good come out of it. For other people, it's been really hard. Um, I guess um, I would just like to hear your thoughts on how, like, it doesn't have to be AEW only. But just how wrestling in general, like, has, has it helped you during the pandemic? Is it something that's helped you get through it? Or I think it did because it was very, at the start, um, I was furloughed for two, two to three weeks as well. When you know there's a monthly pay-per-view, it kind of helped you yeah. to know yeah. where you were in the year or yeah. have something to look forward to. And especially when AEW started doing regular pay-per-views as well it was really nice to have pay-per-views to look forward to yeah and to be counting down to something and um fair play to wwe for pulling off a wrestlemania um as well and by saying yeah. you know what the pandemic we're still gonna have wrestlemania with the two nights i would love them to keep the two nights going forward i really think it works i really yep. think you don't get fatigued mm. um and obviously, yeah, you did have more time to watch wrestling during 2020. <laughs> but no, it, it, it was nice. And it was, pardon me, it was nice as well because in a lot of matches, when there was no crowds, you got the trash talk. Yeah. And you yeah. got to focus on the wrestlers. And I remember there was a Britt Baker match where, like, she, you could hear all the trash talking and all the bitching that was going on, and that to me was like a proper brawl you'd see outside. You know, what I mean? like I said, mm. realism. And again, mm. I think with the women as well, 
I mean, I remember there being a Bailey match where you could hear like Bailey go, like, you see me now? Can you yeah. see me? It was hilarious. Yeah. It was yeah. an Asuka as well. Because usually hearing Asuka's rambles in Japanese is was just hilarious. And you miss out on that when there's a crowd. Yeah, you can't hear it think there were certain matches especially with the women that actually got to use their like voices mm. I really think it was nice to see some wrestling without the crowd Yeah, I, I will get distracted by people with good signs or hilarious t-shirts yeah. and it, it was nice to see a couple of matches where it was just these two people wrestling um, and a lot more attention to detail was probably yeah. put ever. Yeah. Um, I think the crowd noise and all the lights and stuff, you can get away with having matches that aren't spot on. Yeah. Um, but no, wrestling definitely did help. Um, I think it was also nice seeing all the stars. And then obviously Royal Rumble was always a good one to look forward to. And obviously, you always you, before it was even CM Punk and AEW, you're always like, oh, yeah, CM Punk will come through on this Royal Rumble. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And I just think you get that excitement from something and you've actually yeah. got something to look forward to. Yeah, anticipation, um, yeah. yeah. And obviously, Absolutely. the wrestlers are going through it as well. Mm. And you're seeing, like, wrestlers go through COVID-19 or you're seeing wrestlers mm -hmm. go through testing. And I do think if you are of a young age, especially um, what WWE is doing now, like with the vaccination adverts, I do think it's important to see somebody else go through it and to yeah. see somebody else go through, you know, testing every day before the pay-per-view mm. or mm. being announced with COVID-19. I do yep. think it helps a level playing field to normalise everybody. Yeah. Uh, especially when you are sitting in Stoke and they're in like Florida or whatever it 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 makes you more aware of what's going on in the world that I think's yep. affected yeah yeah that's a great point actually and there was and no yet, other sport. and there was no what sorry there was no other sport so in England yes, the yes, Premier League yeah. was called off and the Rugby World Cup was called off or we had no other sport so for a while Pro wrestling was the only sport. That was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, a great point. Yeah, so, kudos to the kudos to the people that, like you say, the people just had to try and adapt to just not having an audience for a while. And what an odds, what a crazy sort of transition for people who've been used to, like the crowd being such a key part of the whole, like part of their job, and then just like having that taken away and. I've heard a few, I've, well, I've heard lots of interviews with lots of different performers saying that was really, really hard. You know, people have been doing it for a very, very long time. So kudos to them for still making it really entertaining, like um, in the era of no fans. Um, that's a great achievement, I think, on their part. It is. It is. Um, so one final question for you, Jess, um, as we round off. Um, if you think about like the history of AEW that you've like seen so far, like, what would you say is your single biggest sort of takeaway moment so far in EW history? It could be like a pop or like a kind of emotional response you've had or okay, just I a great move when, or a great storytelling moment. I did cry when CM Punk returned. Oh. Not he did get me back into wrestling uh, when yeah. he was 
when he was with it, um, WWE and that led me into following Daniel Bryan and yeah. then that properly got me back into WWE um, and I have a lot of respect for him and AJ Lee um, mm. so yeah I, you know I did cry and I was with that crying fan and as soon as the music hit you know um, yeah, me too. I think it's just what everybody wanted but yeah. the thing that cemented AEW for me as one to watch, aside from the obvious one, um, was John Moxley showing up at Double or Nothing and yeah. being up of the massive dice and oh, the yeah. poker chip. And it was just amazing. Like, it was like, that was definitely one that you needed to watch. Yep. It, it cemented in me that AEW was a company because I liked him anyway. Um, yeah. But when, when he arrived, I, I just that first double or nothing, it is always going to be one of my favourite moments in AEW history, even yep. though it was the start. And I, I'm a bit of an odd one. Like, I know finishing moves, but I'm not really one for, like, technical or, like, yeah. knowing, you know, how many moves there was or whatever. Sure. But sure. I'm there for characters and I'm there for story and I'm there for the moments and yeah. I'm there for the big, you know, swanton bombs or big spots or yes. like go to sleep. I'm there for those big moments. Um, and that was definitely a moment that cemented that to keep watching AEW. Um, yeah. And obviously as it was, you know, he goes on to feud. I mean, the... <laughs> The one where Eddie Kingston sold the bomb, what was it called? Like oh, the, the, the exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah, the exploding barbed wire death match. Like the way they sold that at the end, like fair play to them because yeah. you're yeah. expecting a whole lot of pyro going on. That's right, that's right. And I was, I was thinking this back and it was like, when the pyro started... They probably thought that this was just the beginning of the pyro. That's right. And they That's probably right. thought it was going to heat up and like blast yep. off. So Eddie yep. Kingston probably did cower his head like that yeah. because it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, he, he didn't know what was coming. Like none yeah. of them knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, and I just like Moxley has properly stepped up the game with barbed hmm. wire, with chain. Mm -hmm. You always know you're going to get a good, bloody, hardcore match. And I really think AEW have pushed the boat out into making certainly his dreams and certainly his imagination. Because if you've ever, um, if you listen to him on the Chris Jericho podcast, if you've ever read any interview with him, he's great at writing his own promos. He's great at um, reading a room. And, you know... <laughs> Aside from the pizza cutter guy, like that pizza cutter guy needs to go. Like I don't, I like the hardcore stuff and I like thumbtacks and yeah. you know, on books for, put thumbtacks in their shoes. That's yeah. something that can immediately be cool. But the pizza cutter guy is a no. Like no one needs to see somebody's head being cut with a pizza is that cutter. Nick, is that Nick Gage? I think you're yeah, talking Nick about. Gage, yeah. Chris Jericho. Like no, <laughs> one do that with the pizza. Cutter. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I f that first double or nothing. I think it's because I weren't really expecting much. You knew it was this company with Chris mm. Jericho and Kenny Omega and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
but I don't think you expected that massive reveal and what a spectacle it ended up being. Yep. So fair play to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a... a I hadn't actually tuned into AEW at, at the point Double or Nothing happened. It was just afterwards, but I kind of got become aware of it. But the um, when Moxley comes down, um, there's, a, there's a fan video on YouTube somewhere and the fans and the crowd... Um, and he's like at the corner where Jericho's doing his promo and you know the big stairway that Moxley comes down on his yeah. way down it happens to be in the shot like of this guy just randomly like filming Jericho's promo at the end of the match and you see Moxley start to come down and you start to see people standing up and pointing and then the whole you can you actually see the ripple of the crowd and the noise building as he comes down it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life I must have watched that video like 20 times. Um, so I, I know exactly what you mean. Like it's just a it's a, a very, very special moment, like you say. And listen, I'm I'm right there with you crying at CM Punk. I got even though like I didn't really know much about CM Punk at all. I knew he was like the guy that was the cool guy that got kind of booted out because he was a bit hard to deal with or whatever. I didn't really know much else about him. And I knew the hype and people were excited for him to come and every rumour about him coming back and all that, like you said. Um, but when he came out, I, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I like, just felt really emotional because he was so emotional. He you was could tell so... it was genuine. It was, was genuine emotion. And when he yeah. talks about his dogs and when he talks about April, you, you can genuinely see it. And I think it resonate with the crowd. Yeah. And again, I think it's... What used to annoy me was, because obviously we do a social media now, so you can follow people 24-7. Like, people yeah. are like, oh, he's going gym. He's still got his diet going. I'm like, A, he was training for UFC, but B, I think it would be hard to break an ab habit if you're an athlete yeah. to not go to the gym or to sure. not in your, your eating pattern. Like, you may have cheap days, yeah. But I think when you've been going to the gym for that long, and if you want to maintain your shape or whatever, do you know what I mean? I, I don't think they're valid rumours to say he's coming back. And the, this yeah. was like three or four years ago. They're like, oh, he's been gym four times this week. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's his normal routine. Yeah. It must be hard like for him as well. like Because it seems like, from what I've heard, like, he stepped out of it because he just felt burnt out in his profession you just didn't want to do it anymore and uh, but obviously everyone like fans have expectations and sometimes maybe unrealistic expectations as well so um i was just really pleased like that when he came back that he seemed to do it on his own terms and yeah. like for the right reasons as well not for like the money or well no, maybe a bit for money but, you know, it was <laughs> you never about I mean, the money for him yeah yeah but he just—he um, he seems genuinely pleased to be back, and um, that just kind of makes me happy, you know. Like when I see him, and he just—he just looks happy, and I just think yeah. that's that's really cool that you're happy. I'm really happy for you. And I think as well with AEW, it's kind of like the dare to dream or like imagination mentality. Well, I don't think when you see stuff like the Mimosa match or the Barbed Wire death match, you really feel that nothing is out of their league or out of their imagination. Yeah. Especially when like Miro came out the cake or what? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you really nothing is out of reach. So 
I'm a really big fan of Bailey. Not gonna lie, uh, yeah, I've met me too. Her, you know, I've held her. I've held her title when she was women's champion. Um, but it, since she's been injured, I literally mm. fantasy booked a good year or two. If Bailey came to AEW, oh I'd man, fantasy booked her with Britt Baker. Yeah, and yeah, I would have that. Bailey come back as face, and obviously because yep. Britt uses role model and Bailey yep. uses role model, I'd have That's this right. whole thing of Bailey being the role model for the children, yep. for the audience. Yep. You know, this whole like John Cena world peace gimmick, and you yep. have Britt Baker being the role model, the badass, the yep. MD. And oh my just god! In my head, I've literally fancy booked like two years of it. I'm so annoyed that it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm just saying, no, let me write well, for you. Well, listen, you never know. Like life has a funny way of Anyone? um. You, Anyone, you never listen. know. Exactly. Exactly. Listen. Um. Rem- remember this tweet. Like, listen. You need to go onto Twitter at some point in the next twenty four hours. Type <laughs> out verbatim what you've just told me, and say, remember this tweet. And then we're going to come back to it in five years' time, and you're going to get all the flowers at that point. I I just I just can see it happening, and I just think that's what AEW would need. And I think after that, I think if they get one big big woman star, um, I really think they can stop hiring for a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see what the future does hold for AEW. And yeah. I am excited because they really don't have a cemented pay-per-view calendar mm-hmm. as much as other um, companies do. Um, and they really don't, they really have like a two-week window. Do you know what I mean? Where things can happen. And I think in the next year, I would really like to see them properly concrete what their pay-per-views are. I mean, it is nice having the specials, especially because the specials are free, like what we've recently seen with this Grand Slam. And um, it is nice having stuff on a Wednesday evening, but I really would like to see them, you know, bring stuff out to compete with Hell in a Cell, bring stuff out to compete with Extreme Rules, um, tables, ladders, chairs, you know. They already do their own version of Royal Rumble. um, So... And I really do think they need to focus on getting casual fans and sticking with the casual fans because I know a hell of a lot of people that watch CM Punk's entrance and they've turned off now. Mm. And I do think a lot of that is on AEW just trying to get casual fans in. And I do think a lot of it is because you do need to know a lot of background. Yep. I don't think the characters yep. are as easy to just step into. Obviously, they've got the Chris Jerichos of this world who everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But it's like, when you watch stuff like Being the Elite, it properly puts you in tune with the unbooks. And I yeah. never used to notice the guy with the camera until I watched Being the Elite. And now, when the unbooks come out, I actually notice the entourage. Yeah, Brandon How is that? That yeah. before, I just used yeah. to see the unbooks come out. But now I generally notice the entourage. And yeah. I just... I don't know how they'll do it to a casual fan. Yeah. Um, but I do think they need to start. I think it's this whole indie wrestling mentality thing. 
like when everybody says oh like indie wrestlers you know five stars five stars and it's just like it's not big business is it it's yeah. not yeah it's a different world it's and different i think world. and and to be honest with you this is exactly what it's one of the reasons i want to do this stuff now is because what i feel is happening now is it feels to me like the end of the and the more indie influence yeah it just feels to me like it's lessening and lessening and lessening I think the first part of it was the young butt stop, like that wasn't booking it anymore. Yeah. That was the start of it, and then it just feels like with all these new, really high-profile signings, like it, it's changing. And I think in some ways I'm a bit sad about that because I enjoyed so much the first two years of AEW, yeah. like so much. I was very personally invested in it. Um, but it does feel to me like it is like going to a different phase. And I think all the stuff that you're saying. Is, is stuff that they'll have on their minds, you know, about like trying to reach, trying to retain some of the people that watch CM Punk walk out and cry and then went, what's all this other stuff? I'm not sure about this stuff, you know. And um, um, So that's their job, isn't it? To kind of like bring those people back and then retain them. And I think as well, it would be really nice if they did get their own sort of network as well. Because mm. currently in the UK, it's on like ITV4. I just set the Sky Plus to record it, but it's yeah. on like it's on like ITV4. It's such a random time. <laughs> you've got all the breaks to skip through, or you've got Fight TV, which is like you can get an AEW package, but again, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's really clunky, and it's really hard to just locate AEW. So I really do think in like the next two years, they really, sh because if you could put AEW Dark and being the elite and all your other bits onto one network, mm. I really think that would help cement yep. stuff. Especially if you could just type in Young Bucks. Like, and I really think that would help attract a casual fan because if you had a seven day free trial of the AEW network and you're just there for, um, hangman page or if you're just there for seeing punk if you type in a name and all the videos have ever done ever you can literally go through the history yep. um, and i do think i see they really need to go into that because then you can keep your indie stuff like yep. see what happened with nxt in terms of WWE standards where it's its own separate show i know mm -hmm. it wasn't intended to be an indie mm. show it's meant to be for people in development but if you do get that sort of traction behind, behind AEW, they can have, you know, just an indie show or like AEW Underground. Do you know yeah. AEW yeah. Roots? I don't know. So totally. I would really like to see them step up. I think, I think in this current setup that they've got, I think that's as far as they're going to go as a company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I guess time will tell. Um, so, well, thank you so much. Ed, oh, it's been a pleasure. Ed, well, like what, likewise, and um, you've got I th I, there's a there's definitely a PR person and and the data scientist there as well. So, um, play best luck with that. Um, thank you. And um, I look forward to I look forward to interacting with you more in the future. To, yeah, anytime you want to start up like a weekly AEW, I really think that <laughs> I really do think like UK. English people discussing AEW, it's a thing. So I'm more oh, for, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I, I'm the same as you. I get, I, I do follow my, my, um, got like my pet channels that I watch to, to catch up. But 
maybe there's something in that. Maybe uh, we can we can make that happen. Pay per views. We we can yeah. do a regular pay per view. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Jess, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.